Hello and welcome to Overtime Operators. I am Casey here with Daps. Daps, how you doing today, my friend? We are chilling over here in LA, Casey. The weather is good out here. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's been hot over here. I mean, I'm up up here in uh, Spokane, Washington, up in the Northwest. It's been hotter than I'm used to up here, man. I don't know how you guys deal with it down there, the California heat all day. Well, it rained for like six straight months, and I've never seen that in Los Angeles, so I was over that. So I'm welcoming all the heat. I got you. See, that's that's what we're more used to up here in Washington, just the, the rain nonstop, right? Everybody thinks of Seattle. It's technically a little bit different climate over here on the eastern side of the state, but uh, whatever. You know, I'll jump on board the bandwagon of Seattle. Why not? Um, sure. All right, Dap. So we're, we're getting into this uh, this new show we have going on, Overtime Operators. This is the show for the people who want to make money in sports. And today we're going to talk about a few ways that our audience could potentially do that. Uh, we're going to touch on a little bit of fantasy. We're going to touch on a little bit of sports betting and a little bit of memorabilia and cards. That's your world in particular. And we're going to stay within the football world today because uh, that's kind of what's popping right now. It's almost football season. Uh, this is my favorite time of the year. Not only is football back, but my favorite fantasy football is back. Daps, are you excited? Are you, you playing in any uh, fantasy leagues? Oh, yeah. I'm probably in five leagues, and it's too many. I would say, like, three is manageable, and then you're still pushing it. So, Bro, I feel we'll you. See I'm what in, happens. I think I'm in seven right now. I think I'm in seven leagues, but um, usually I'm just trying to connect as many normally i wouldn't want to like uh i would want to diversify my my portfolio but instead i'm trying to grab all the same players everywhere so it becomes easier to manage like oh crap that guy's hurt gotta replace him uh let's just dive right into the the fantasy talk um i think most people when they think of fantasy football they think of like their home leagues they're playing with their friends maybe even they have some online friends and they play in an online league uh but i don't know if the general fantasy community is is as in on uh, best ball leagues, which I think is probably where a lot of people go to actually make money in fantasy because it's so easy to just do. You could be in a hundred of those leagues. There's no management. Um, for those who don't know best ball, what that means is you draft a team and you don't manage it throughout the season. Every week, uh, the platform that you, you play on, it automatically sets the best lineup for you based on how the players actually did after the fact. So you can just draft whoever you want and uh, you'll always have the best lineup regardless uh, have you ever played best ball, Daps? No, I've I've heard of this before. I've never actually played in a league, but I, I think it's cool because there's so many um, there's so many scenarios where you go, oh, if I just set my lineup this way, I would have had more points than this guy, right? So uh, it's cool to have drafted the correct team, but maybe didn't put them in your lineup, but the team you drafted was was legit. So I do like this as an interesting. Uh, like fantasy format and i think that i'm if somebody invited me to be in a league i would definitely test it out for sure yeah um okay well hold on we're gonna have to cut this because now all of a sudden the thing that i sent you there's too many users and you can't look at the actual list so that's cool development okay got it back up all right i'll cut that no worries here first show stuff getting it out of the way all right can, are you able to see the list that that was in the stack there so you can yep, I got it right. Okay, perfect. Yeah, sorry, I got it right here. As soon as I pulled it up, it was like, nah, man, no way. Okay, yep, cool. You're out. All right. So as we're talking about best ball drafts, I mean, yeah, I, I enjoy them too, Dax, because you know, as we like to be, we'd like to be in more leagues, but we can't manage them all. 
Um, if you're just some kind of like drafting addict when it comes to fantasy football, that's what I do. I do like a million mock drafts, right? And then uh, could never manage that many teams, but this makes it possible. So yeah, I'm going to point out some players that I think are valuable for this particular format. And starting off first with a running back who is not getting a ton of talk these days due to a new addition in the same backfield. I'm talking about the New York Jets, the hard knocks, superstar studded team uh not the running back that just acquired in dalvin cook but Brees hall the guy who was on his way to being rookie of the year last year he right now is going about 43rd in adp average draft position on underdog uh which as i know is the biggest best ball platform you can play on going 43rd overall Brees Hall is the perfect candidate for a best ball format because he's coming in probably not potentially not even playing the first couple weeks of the year, which would hurt you immensely in a regular, you know, uh, a team that you manage throughout the season in a regular fantasy league. Uh, but all that stuff doesn't hurt you here in best ball. Brees Hall will almost definitely recover from his injury throughout the year, become better and better and better. And he's going to put up some smash performances. He was on his way to being like a top five RB as a rookie last year in fantasy so i see no reason why he can't repeat that and at pick number you know 42 43 where he's going right now i think that is a smash uh as far as value into the fifth round uh you really can't beat it in my opinion uh what do you think on that daps what do you think uh is in store for Brees hall this season and is that a, a solid pick in this kind of format so in the standard league i would definitely think it's a bit of a reach i don't know if uh, even being a Jets fan, like, I don't know if I'm going for Brees Hall in that 43rd spot. I think it would also depend on how my draft played out. Like, if he's going to be my second or third running back, then if he's in my flex, I feel great, right? But if he's my 1RB, I'm, I'm definitely not feeling good about that. And only because of the injury risk. And then, you you, you know, you pair that with Dalvin Cook is in town. I mean, you have Michael Carter on that team. You have, I don't know if you saw the kid Israel. Um, yeah. What's uh, his last name? It's uh, Abin, Abin Kata. Yeah. Yeah, Abinkanda, right? So, <laughs> Two white guys trying to pronounce a, a complex yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he got hurt in the preseason, though. So now he's down. I don't know how long he's going to be down for. They have Michael Carter. They have this kid, Zonovan Knight. So there's a lot of running backs in that backfield. I think Brees is definitely the clear-cut number one. But – I mean, Dalvin Cook had a great season last year. He didn't. Sure did. He did not slow down last year. So he can obviously plug in, uh, learn the offense, and potentially take over some of those those touches from from Brees. So there's a lot of just question marks there. I do like in best ball that when Brees does put up 30 points or 25 points, you're gonna get those points on your on your lineup. So. From the standard fantasy perspective, I'm staying away from Brees at that ADP. But in best ball, definitely, definitely um, a consideration there. I just I've never done the the best ball, so I don't want to give advice for a, for a best ball because uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, as long as he has big weeks, I think it'll be worth it. You know, you're stacking positions. Usually rosters are a little deeper on uh, best ball league formats. Uh, so you can stack a ton of running backs and receivers uh, alike and really benefit from the spike weeks that anybody has. And that's that's basically where this whole take comes from. Is Brees Hall is going to have spike weeks for sure. That's my opinion, at least. Um, sounds like 
depths might be a little bit more leery of that injury, which definitely makes sense. You know, buying an injury dip on any player is always a risk. Uh, but that's why I think it could pay off. Uh, Daps, who jumps out when you look at the list of ADP that we're looking at that I will now show the audience as well? So when I look at this list, um, who jumps out the most? I'd probably say I'm looking at I, – I feel like Josh Jacobs is getting a ton of disrespect. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that Jonathan Taylor, even though there's so much there's so much of a, a cloud surrounding him, if he gets traded to a decent team, that's going to be extremely interesting. I feel like your homie Debo Samuel gets a ton of disrespect. Mm-hmm. Um, Every and year. I love, I actually love Najee, and I love Etn where they're at. You know, like deep down there because both of those guys if they were a top five back i don't think you're surprised yeah maybe maybe etn maybe etn's a little bit more surprising because he's never been a top five back but he also went down his first year right this is his first you know first year back from like a full season so you'd have to imagine that he's developed he played with t-law in in college as well so they obviously are in sync the Jaguars looked great last year to end the season, had that really big win against the Chargers in the playoffs. So, you know, they're building off some momentum. I don't know how much. Their division stinks. So I think they have a lot of games that are, are winnable games. And I think because their division stinks, ETN is going to have a lot of defenses that aren't very good that he gets to face, right? Yeah, lo- love your takes here. Uh, little snafu, I highlighted Josh Allen when you mentioned Josh Jacobs. That's on me. Uh, but I think Jacobs, uh, Jonathan Taylor, like you said, uh, both their situations were kind of up in the air for a while. Seems like the Jonathan Taylor uh, situation is potentially coming to a resolution here soon. Is uh, seems like there are some teams that are actually interested in trading for him. Uh, but Josh Jacobs, you know, we're only a couple weeks removed now from him being in the exact same situation. Um, I think both of those guys, their ADP really, it, it, it couldn't have enough time to adjust uh, before the season starts. Once these contract resolutions are kind of more secure and, and tightened up and figured out uh, the ADP doesn't just snap into place on these respective platforms. There's always a little bit of a lag. And I think both those guys, I mean, Taylor, Sure, his situation isn't figured out yet. Uh, but even if it, you know, that could be happening right now as we're recording this. And if that does happen, his ADP is going to stay where it is, right at about 28 on underdog. Um, that's not going to jump where it should be in the top 10, probably, um, if he lands in the right spot. Same thing with Jacobs. He's at 26 right now on underdog ADP. And like you said, that that's that's massive disrespect, in my opinion. Uh, if he if his contract wouldn't have been up for debate, if, if everybody knew where he was going to be and he was going to be happy for the season, he'd be up there near the top 10 as well. So I agree with that. Always down with Debo Samuel, uh, like you said. Quite a bit of disrespect, but there's so many playmakers on that offense. It's hard to know there. But again, all he needs are spike weeks, and Debo Samuel will give you some spike weeks. He'll likely probably disappear some weeks too, but that makes him a perfect candidate for best ball. And I think you mentioned ETN. Love all the points you made there. Him and Lawrence have a good chemistry. We missed out on him last year, uh, so there's a little bit of a dip there in people's minds. I think he's going about where he was going to go last year, maybe even later. Uh, so people aren't, aren't willing to buy in on the dip, but that just makes opportunity for the people courageous enough to do it 
They got a new running back in Tank Bib- Bigsby there. Um, you know, he's going to take over a little bit more of that backfield role for sure, I think, throughout the season, but uh, not, not become the number one guy, but he'll take some opportunities away. But I think starting out the season in particular, ETN is going to be the main guy and do a lot of scoring. Uh, so I agree. I think he's a good pick as well. Uh, the only other guy I wanted to highlight here is a classic boomer bust receiver in Mike Williams. You know, he's got Justin Herbert from the Chargers throwing to him. That's probably a top five quarterback in the league as far as like statistics go nowadays. And that's the kind of offense you want to make a bet on. They also uh, they have the new OC there in uh, Kellen Moore uh, from the Cowboys, and he's a pass-happy guy. I expect the passing game to take a step forward, whereas last year it was uh, kind of underperformed in a lot of people's estimations, I'd say. So Mike Williams being a big wide receiver, too. He's known for big weeks and then disappearing. Again, that's kind of the archetype of player you're targeting when it comes to best ball. Uh, anybody else you wanted to point out here, Daps, or should we keep the show a moving on? I think we went over the the main guys. It's just imagine, you know, being in the first spot in the in fantasy. You get the first pick. Maybe maybe you take Justin Jefferson. Maybe you take I don't know if in best ball quarterbacks are more valuable and you're going after Mahomes. But that turn where you on your second and third pick, the twenty fourth and twenty fifth pick. Imagine you get Josh Jacobs and Jonathan Taylor. Like, think about that. That's an interesting one, too, to take there. Sure, there's some risk, but if both of those guys do what they're supposed to do, you know, Jonathan Taylor is one year removed from being the number one pick overall. Now he's 28, right? So, yeah. And that's that's going to cross over to any any league, that any format that anybody plays. For sure, Jonathan Taylor, I would say, is a value. As long as he ends up somewhere you know, where they're going to use him and based off what they'll have to pay to get him. Anybody who's in the sweepstakes for him is going to use him like a workhorse back because they're going to have to pay through the nose to get him. So, uh, yeah, I think Jonathan Taylor season long, uh, best ball managed leagues, whatever you want to call it. I think he's going to be a value to most people. I say, you know, just take the shot, right? You got to take some uh, risks to, to win leagues. So go for, for sure. it. Take JT. Let's keep this thing on tracks here. That's going to be our fantasy portion for for this week. Uh, as the season goes on, we'll talk more about managed leagues and things that you can do week to week uh, in, in different league formats to give yourself an advantage over your league mates. Uh, but that was a little best ball segment. Uh, now on to sports betting. Now, I think, again, on this this episode, this this show, we could probably weekly do our picks, what we think are the best picks against the spread when it comes to football. Uh, but since we don't even have games really coming this week, I wanted to just take a quick look at the Super Bowl odds and get your take, Daps, on who you think the best money is on uh, when it comes to picking the Super Bowl favorites. So here we have uh, kind of from across a few different platforms. We have the top 10 best odds at winning the Super Bowl. And you, you can see all the different numbers here. I wonder what, where would you put your money if you had to drop your money on this? And I know it's platform to platform. So if you see anything interesting there, feel free to touch on that as well. It looks like there's a little bit of variance across the board here. So anything jump out at you here? Um, I, I mean, I'm surprised. I know it's, bef- you know, it's preseason, but plus 600 on the Chiefs, like, yeah, that, I think that's money. like, wait, yeah, I think that's the smartest money. 
And then if you want to go to value, I'm, my my eyes go directly to the Jets because hmm. you're talking about 3x the opportunity and Aaron Rodgers is on your team. Um, Garrett Wilson, in my opinion, is going to be a top five receiver. We just talked about all their depth at running back. If anybody has been watching Hard Knocks, one of the things they're talking about is the offensive line being a little bit weak. Um, but the defense is probably top five as well. So there's a lot of there's a lot of things working, you know, in the Jets' favor. And listen, you got to get through Mahomes though, probably, or Josh Allen, or Joe Burrow, right? So it's it's tough. But remember, don't forget the last three MVPs. Aaron Rodgers is two. So yeah, no, I love that point. Uh, I agree with you honestly on the Chiefs here. I mean, the smart, but. These these sports betting books they're they're smart right uh, they, they they develop these statistics uh, with a little bit of uh, you know knowledge behind it uh, to back it up the Chiefs are the smart money I think you'd be hard pressed to uh, disagree with that if you're just looking to to actually win the bet but that's not how a lot of people bet they want that big win like you said and the Jets is or where you would place that bet if you were looking to have a huge return I like that a lot I do think that with hard knocks them being the team that's featured on hard, hard knocks a lot of things going on there uh, I think it's possible that this line moves a lot and maybe you can find yourself in less of a great spot to bet on um, but the main thing that jumps out to me here is after those first what five teams the Chiefs Eagles Bills Niners Bengals I see a pretty – I see the numbers not change all that drastically. Sure, there's a little bit of a cliff there, but in my mind, that cliff is like 10x bigger. I think there's a massive barrier uh, after those top five teams. They On any given week, any given day, those top five teams just seem much more likely to me to win the Super Bowl. Uh, I would say the smart money is on the Chiefs. If I was taking a flyer, I'm going to go all the way down, I think, to number 10 here with the Dolphins. Again, great return if it does pan out. And my case for the Dolphins would be similar to the Jets, right? Uh, same division for one. Anybody who comes out of that division and makes the postseason, they're going to be a team to be reckoned with. Uh, they're going to have played a bunch of good teams during the regular season already. I mean, you think about the Dolphins having to play the Bills and, and the Jets, uh, even the Patriots, you know. I mean, we kind of look past them now because they're sure – a little bit past their their dynasty days, but still Bill Belichick over there. And he can still make your work for it for sure. And it's it's a it's a good test for the postseason at least because it's going to be a well coached team, well managed team. They're going to make a lot of smart plays. So they're basically playing postseason football the whole year long over there in the AFC East. So if I were to place my money on a long shot bet, let's say go for the Dolphins. Why not swing for the fences? Uh, but I like your take too on the Jets for sure. Yeah, I, I completely agree with the top five. I think those are significantly stronger than everybody beneath them. An interesting play, too, is, you know, if you were to put a, a thousand bucks on all the top five teams, you know, and any of them won, if the Chiefs won, you'd win 6,000, you'd still be up a thousand bucks. And, you know, the best case scenario is the Bengals or the Niners win, and then you're up 5,000 bucks. So, you know, if you really thought one of those five teams was going to win, I mean, or you can do that with a hundred bucks, right? You put a hundred bucks on each of them. Best case scenario, Chiefs or worst case scenario, Chiefs win. Uh, you win a hundred dollars. Best case, Bengals win, right? You win five hundred bucks. Or worst case, none of those teams win and you lose all your money. Do you have any bets in for Super Bowl right now? No, but 
as we just talked, I thought, wow, it'd be really nice to win, uh, put a thousand bucks on the Jets to win the Super Bowl and win 18 grand if they did. That'd be a pretty sweet return. Maybe so, we just inspired a, a bet for you there. I don't know. Maybe we'll give us a status update next week if you do. How about that? For sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's uh, keep it going here. We'll move on to, uh, like I said, your specialty. We'll get into the memorabilia, the cards, the breaking. I think it would uh, behoove our audience for you to probably give us just like the TLDR, the too long, didn't read version of uh, what breaking is in case people might not know. They might be into memorabilia and cards, but they might be like, what does that even mean? What, what is a break? Daps, what, how would you uh, explain it to those people? Uh, a break is the, the simplest form of a break is a mix of products, right? So we can mix sports cards. We can mix them with um, signed football helmets, signed jerseys, signed pieces of any, any type of memorabilia. And then what, what happens is 32 people will purchase a football team, right? Everybody purchases the team that they want to chase the most. If you want to chase Patrick Mahomes autographs, you're going to buy the Chiefs. If you want to purchase or if you want to chase Aaron Rodgers autographs, you, you buy the Jets. And then there will be a number of products in the break, in the mix. And we open those products on camera. And whatever comes out for your team, you get shipped the following day. So we offer a really, really cool $39 break. It's $39 for every team. Every team has an equal chance of hitting. And there's three guaranteed on average $200 hits. So that means all three hits will be 200 bucks or one could be 400 and two of them could be 100. The combination of those three products is going to be 600 bucks. And so three people are going to triple, quadruple, five, six X their money in this break. This thing runs three, four, five times a day. It's $39 to enter, give it a try, and you can chase autographs of your favorite players. Love that. Yeah. Breaks is it's an exciting new world for me as a lifelong sports fan. Um, I have to admit, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, uh, I was like passively into like sports cards, you know, like baseball cards as a kid. Nothing crazy. You know, I had maybe a handful of them. Uh, I, I wasn't a collector though. Uh, I knew it was a big hobby. I always thought maybe it was something I'd get into more. Uh, just the way life went, it never happened to. And then it just seems like, I don't know, you, you'd be the, the right authority on this, but it seems like somewhere in the recent past, it's really just exploded. Is that accurate to say? It seems like that's like impossible to miss now. Yes. And part of that was COVID. And remember, um, all television, all movie, all sports productions went down. There was no sports on TV for two months, right? And People wanted to still get their fix. So how do you get that, that um, you know, that adrenaline spike of sports when they're not on TV? They, people found sports cards. They found live streams that were on TikTok or Instagram or YouTube, right? Or any of these live streaming platforms. They ran over to those platforms. They found sports cards or they found, you know, daily fantasy updates or any of the things we're talking about in the show today, right? And it's just, you know, people have preferences. We love sports cards because it's it's like gambling in the sense that you get that adrenaline rush, but it's not like gambling in the sense that no matter what money you put in, you're going to receive a physical product in the mail where if you bet on sports, you might not receive anything. I love connecting it to the adrenaline rush you'd actually get from sports itself or from sports betting. I think that is why I think you're right. I mean, obviously, the COVID, everybody staying inside, looking for that adrenaline rush. Um, it, it's one of those things that it fits really well into the sports community. 
because of all those things you just mentioned. Um, and you being an expert, I don't know if you want to tell people uh, any more about your background in sports. Uh, if not, just everybody take our word for it. Daps is one of the foremost experts, definitely the, the biggest expert I know uh, in the world of sports cards. Um, I do have a little game prepared for you here, Daps. Uh, it's just all in good fun uh, for sure. But you told me that eBay is a pretty good resource for looking up cards and value of cards. Of course, like anything else, especially on eBay or any other platform where people use, uh, there's going to be some weird stuff going on there, right? Because people just get to set the price at whatever they want and say, yeah, pay me that much or, or start bidding or whatever it is, right? Um, so, And I don't know anything about values of cards. So we're going to play a little game called Keep Trade Cut here. Um, I'm going to show you three different cards that on eBay – are all listed at the same price. Um, I don't know if they deserve to be there or not. Uh, I have nothing to say about them, but I bet you do. So for each, I have three different rounds for you. Each round will have three cards listed at the same price. And I would like you to pick which one you'd like to keep. Maybe collect is the better way to say it, I guess. Uh, trade has in which one has a lot of value. You could trade off to somebody right now that uh, you think it's probably the right time to trade, I guess. And then cut. If you had to set one on fire, if you had to cut one in half, uh, you just had to ditch one of them. Which one would it be? Uh, Daps, do you have any questions uh, before we jump into this game? No, I'm ready to rock. Let's go. I knew you would be, my man. All right. So, uh, also, I will let you ask any questions that can be answered on this eBay page. Uh, that's all the info I have, and that's all the info anybody else would really have if they were looking to buy this stuff. So, without further ado, round one, first card, we have the guy we already talked about a little bit here. I don't know if that's big enough for people to see. But this is Jay Herbs, Justin Herbert. Uh, the title reads 2021 Panini Mosaic Football AFC Justin Herbert Honeycomb number 224. Please read exclamation, exclamation, exclamation. Um, yeah, so that's our first card right here listed at 100 bucks. That's the first tier we're playing at. The $100 tier, you can get a couple looks at a few of the cards here. I don't know if this just automatically some stuff jumps out of you. It looks like he's pointing out a little blemish or whatever, uh, scratch or something on the card there. Uh, but that's your first card. Uh, second card here. I have a 2015 National Tremendous Treasures Devontae Adams one of one jersey patch tag packer fire emoji. Uh, what I love about this stuff, not being super into the hobby, as I've heard you refer to it, the hobby of uh, collecting cards. Uh, some of this lingo I don't even understand, honestly, but uh, I'm sure you'll you'll educate us as we go here. Here's just a quick look at some of these uh, pictures associated with this post. And the last one I have here, uh, kind of a different look. Wanted to mix it up a little bit. We have another $100 card here, the 2023 Luminance Dalton Kincaid. Uh, year one blue ink first auto autograph rc sp bills r and uh, only two pictures here dalton kincaid exciting young rookie in buffalo tight end uh daps uh what do you need what would you like me to uh show you zoom in on anything like that and uh take it over take it over to yes so to keep trade and cut yeah so going back to the first herbert if we can throw that on the screen for everybody watching that Please read. If you ever see, please read in the description. That's immediate red flag for, for the card you're buying, which is that blemish, right? It can be a corner issue with the card. It can be a surface issue, which is when he surfed. Well, there's an issue with the surface of the card. The edges factor in. 
Um, and centering, your, your centering is the fourth factor that's going to determine your card's value. But no one's going to write, please read for a centering issue. So please read is kind of just a way to say to people who are in the hobby, I'm not trying to scam you here. Please read this thing. There is a blemish on the card. Now, if you're new to the hobby, though, and you don't catch that, this $100 listing, this is what we call the, the print of this Herbert is called Honeycomb. And it's a pretty rare hit at a retail products. So, you know, you get a, a $20, $30 blaster box or a $50, $60 mega box, and you end up hitting this card. Now, when we're going to um, keep trade cut, I'm going to keep the Devante Adams one of one at a hundred bucks. Now, also, if we go over to that listing, the, technically the price of this card is not a hundred dollars. It's two fifty. The starting bid is a hundred. So he's not going to let this thing go unless it hits two fifty, right? So he's actually, excuse me, he's set a buy now for two fifty. If there is a, a bid placed on it at a hundred. Um, I think this is a pretty nice price for a one of one Devontae Adams at a hundred bucks. I'm not upset with that. I'm definitely keeping that one. And then you put me in a sticky situation with the uh, trader cut because on any other day, you're definitely going to um, get rid of Dalton Kincaid over Herbert. But because of that, that blemish on the card, you don't want to, you don't want to be inheriting a card with a blemish on it and then trying to move it to another person. I highly recommend staying away from that just because there's no good situation that can happen. If you're trying to make a trade with somebody and you have a blemished card, you have to be transparent about that and say, Hey, there's a blemish on this card. And now immediately the guy goes, eh, I don't know if I want a card with a blemish on it. Right. So th that's the beginning of your negotiation or you're not transparent about that. And you're like, Hey, you want this card at a discount. And then you sell it for 40 bucks, you know, or 40% off. The guy thinks he got a deal. Then he finds out there's a blemish on it. You know, he runs to Instagram and says, this guy scammed me, blah, 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 blah. So I'm cutting that card with the blemish because of that. Otherwise, we would have probably traded Herbert. And now I got my Kincaid and I'm going to try to find a Bills fan, you know, but we can Love kind it. of uh, tenderize and, you know, get, get good value back on that trade for it. Love it. Love it. A little po postmodem uh, for a, a novice like me uh, on this one. So yeah, big takeaway there. The blemish kind of, it seemed to me like you're saying that's just kind of a headache. If you're looking to trade or even collect like it, almost maybe not, no matter how much the, the card would be valued at without it, it's just too much of a headache for you to really want to deal with it. You know, it'd have to be some crazy value. It seems like for you to really be interested in that. Um, and then kind of what I, I took away from that at the end, sure. Maybe it's not all that exciting to have a Dalton Kincaid card, but you did mention, you know, find a bills fan. I think there is a lot of buzz around a guy like him coming into his rookie season. And as little as I do know about cards, rookie cards are worth more, um, typically <laughs> as far as I know. Um, so this would be the time to like, you know, that bills fan might think I'm getting in early, right. Getting that card before it spikes in price. Right. So, um, I, I like your, your round there. Uh, good stuff. Let's move on to the next round here. Three cards. Next uh, tier will be at the 500 price point. Good catch on the only starting bid, by the way. Um, I just kind of looked at the starting bid of these. So uh, a nice find that that card is actually worth 250. Uh, first one up in this 500 tier. Hopefully all of these are, are just, the, just the listed price. No best offer or no buy now price. Sorry. Um, first one up. Kind of a blast from the past at least in my mind, uh, Panini Flawless, gold on-card autograph, Jersey Chargers, Danny Woodhead, 10 of 10, 2014. 
price, 500 bucks. That is a buy it now price. Quick look at these different pictures associated with the post. And he'll be going up against another guy no longer in the league here. The Panini Flawless Silver on-card autograph, Panthers, Greg Olson, 17 of 25, 2015. And a quick look at those pictures as well. And the last one of this tier, you knew I was going to do it at some point. The BP, the 2022 Certified Football RC, Brock Purdy, Orange Mirror, number 120 of 149 card, number 181. Uh, Daps, there's a lot of numbers here in this one. I don't fully know what all those mean. Maybe you could enlighten me. Uh, and also let us know which ones of these you're going to choose to keep, trade, and cut. Absolutely. So the first thing we want to go over with all these, if you're new into cards, I would never buy it now any card. Never, ever, ever. Everybody who sets a buy it now is the price that they want for the card, not what the card is worth, right? So everyone is going to increase the number that they want based on what they believe the card is worth. And what the card is worth is based on the average sale of that particular card, which you can reference on eBay. So both this Greg Olson and this Danny Woodhead card are probably worth somewhere between, I would say, 50 and $100, right? So okay. if we were to do a little bit of research, now maybe the Olsen could push 150 on a flawless Danny Woodhead. I don't know what type of market he has, you know, and also like 50 bucks for that Danny Woodhead. Like I'm not paying 50 bucks for that Danny Woodhead. So he's going to be the cut immediately. Um, and then we're going to trade Greg Olson. But again, we're not paying 500 bucks. We're probably going to send an offer of 50 bucks to this guy. And then he'll return some ridiculously high price and you'll negotiate down until you go, listen, man, I'll give you a hundred bucks for this card, 125 bucks, maybe. Um, and then the Brock Purdy also, just because it's Brock Purdy. Now this is a rookie card. So it's definitely more sought after than these two other cards. Um, because he's a rookie right now is what I mean by that. Um, sure. And if you zoom in on the card, if you just uh, hover over in the middle, the number should say 120. What does it say? 120, 120 out, of out of 149. So that means there's 149 cards of this particular print in the world. And this was the 120th on the assembly line, right? That got printed at the manufacturing house. So this card is the one we're going to keep here but again not going to be worth 500 bucks if i had to guess maybe 150 bucks this is worth so all three of these cards are probably um closer to 150 50 to 150 dollars each um you know if i do like just a quick 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 search that'll take 30 seconds while we're on screen here so it's brock purdy certified out of 149 is what I would search. You can actually filter on eBay. And what you can filter is you can filter to sold items, right? Mm. So once you hit sold items, that's going to show you what is this card selling? So, for example, the one with an with an autograph on it out of 149 sold for $300 on July 28th. So a PSA 10 of that card, which is extremely more rare than this card, sold for 250 
So this card is probably worth one third the two hundred fifty dollar PSA ten, which is right in that ballpark of I would say seventy five to one hundred bucks. That's somewhere around the price of the card. All right, all right. And just for the again the the layman like me, so if this is one twenty at one forty nine, what is this one eighty one in reference to? It's on the back of the card at the top too. So the the set that they make, which is certified, right? They have to make a player list of all the players that are going to be printed in the certified set. And that could be 400 players of those 400 players. Everybody gets a number. So whoever's number one on the list, if it's Aaron Rodgers, he's number one. If it's, you know, and down the line, Brock Purdy was number 181 on that list. And then the, you know, the actual um, print of the, out of 149, which is engraved into the card, that just means there's only 149 of that print in the world. All right. A little education with Daps. Daps from Daps Sports. He knows his stuff. Uh, all right. One more round here. This one, you know, I'm learning a lot here. It seems like these, these prices that are put on these cards just kind of put them into a category, uh, not really indicative of the value necessarily. Uh, so let's see what this last round has for us. We're going to start off with this Josh Allen 2022 Panini encased choice materials FOTL laundry tag uh, slash nine bills SSP. The uh, picture is a little blurry. I think this was a late uh, a late replacement. If I'm being totally honest, I think one of the uh, the cards I had in place of this uh, expired. The auction expired uh, as the show was about to start, so I had to find another one here. Uh, that's the first one here. Then we'll go to this. 2023 Luminance Trevor Lawrence AX TL Axis Autograph SSP number slash three Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, a lot going on in that title as well. And oh, I guess I didn't show the audience that one. My bad there, everybody. Uh, here is the look at that one and some of the, the uh, pictures as well. And the last one here, I will remember to share this one. We have a little blast from the past. Eli Manning, Otto Panini, one timeless moments, number 10 of 10. I can say right now, pretty sure this was the shortest title of them all. I wonder if that means that uh, this person just has less information, if this makes it less valuable somehow. Interested to hear your take on these three cards. Which would you keep, trade, and cut, Daps? So again, going back to what we said the last time, none of these cards are worth a thousand bucks. Now, the first two cards out of five is definitely interesting. It's definitely something you want to see when there's a low print like that. Again, there's only five of this card in the world, which is cool. And now it also makes it a little harder to get the true price because if there's only five of that card in the world of this Josh Allen or this Trevor Lawrence, how many have been pulled? Right? How many are still in sealed packs? We don't know. And then how many of the five have been sold? Because some people collect cards and they don't sell their cards after they pull them. They keep them. So if, let's say, in theory, three of the five cards have actually been unwrapped, they've been unsealed, now how many of those have been sold on eBay? One, two? So now whatever that sale is, you could say that's the price of the card, but you only have one sale to really go off of. And I don't like buying cards like that. Um, that makes sense to me. I mean, just like you said, uh, I think it's probably a good hack anywhere on eBay, whether you're buying cards or anything else. Look at the recently sold. What what are other things selling for? No need to overpay 
when when there's kind of an established price for sure. So, I mean, that that's just good buying, right? Correct. Absolutely. And in, in this case, we're going to immediately cut uh, Eli Manning. And the reason for that is these guys who have already retired and they're still printing their cards, not that they're not cool, not that they're not sought after, but they're just not going to command the highest price point. So the value of these three cards, Eli Manning is definitely the, the lowest value of the three. So Eli will get cut. Then um, between T-Law, can I see the T-Law again? No problem. So the Trevor Lawrence is out of what product do we see? Uh, are you the Luminance. brand? Is it, okay. Yeah. Luminance. Yeah. So so Luminance, um, not a very sought after product. Now the difference between the Allen and the T Law is the Allen has an autograph, and or excuse me, the the Lawrence has an autograph, and the the Josh Allen does not. It just has a patch. Um, the Josh Allen is much more unique to me. So I'm going to keep the Josh Allen because I like the, the card is more appealing to the eye to me. It's also FOTL, which means first off the line. Okay. First off the line is just the first run of a particular product. They re- Let's say they release 100 or 200 boxes. First off the line sticker. They guarantee um, exclusive hits in those first off the line boxes, which can be numbered out of five, numbered out of 10, green shimmer, red shimmer. Every product has a different exclusive. So I'm keeping that one, and then I'm finding a, a Trevor Lawrence fan who wants an autograph and a low-numbered card um, to, to trade that to. Awesome. What did you think of this segment, Daps, with the keep, trade, cut? Is this a good format for looking at cards? Do you have any recommendations for the next time I do this and grab cards? Seems like maybe the uh, the starting price, the starting bidding price is not the way to group these together maybe by now is the smarter move there so what we'll do next time on this is you would search trevor lawrence or whoever and then you'd go to sold items and we would we would do this off of items that we know have sold for a particular price and then uh, we don't have to go um hey this pr- this card isn't worth this price the card is worth that price because it was purchased and there's an actual sale of it Love it. Yep. We'll get smarter as we go. Um, that's going to be the theme of Overtime Operators. We're going to learn together, uh, share some of our expertise with one get another. Get smarter as we go is our, our motto over here. That's it. That's it. Everybody who watches this is hopefully trying to make some money in sports. Um, I know I already learned quite a bit in our first episode here. Uh, we touched on a few things already. I learned a little bit about uh, who Daps likes in fantasy, uh, who he likes, the Jets, uh, for the Super Bowl odds. Uh, for a long shot or, or medium shot, let's say. Um, and I learned quite a bit about cards already here. Uh, plenty more to go. Lots of little things when it comes to the card community. Uh, it's it's one of those, uh, you know, hobbyists. I, I affectionately wear the title of nerd for the things I like. I think you do too. So you're a card nerd. Um, anything that you get into that has a lot of nerddom around it, there is an infinite amount to learn about the subject matter. So... Um, I can't wait to learn more about your world in cards, learn more about the hobby as we go. I will definitely take your advice uh, next time around that I make this game for you, and we will uh, check out the actual sold amount on the cards. So uh, we'll get better as we go. That's the theme of the day. Uh, Daps, what do you got going for the rest of your day, man? Got anything fun planned? Building, just building more streams, and uh, you know, hopefully I'll be able to uh, talk about 
um, maybe a, a shoe stream with you guys soon. If anybody's interested in Nikes or Jordans or Yeezys, right? So we're going to have uh, more and more streams coming that will be released on TikTok or YouTube or any uh, live platform. Dapsports.com will have its uh, own um, platform soon where you can come and watch live streams, you know, enter into breaks, purchase packs, boxes, um, memorabilia, or even shoes. So love that little foreshadowing into the future. Uh, we'll see what comes of that on that shoe stream. Uh, but yeah, go check out Dapsports, Dapsports.com. And until next time, uh, this has been the Overtime Operators, and we'll catch you on the next one. Bye now.